Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Mark, you know, sometimes there are there are stories that come across my desk that are just so darn good. I feel as though I should bend the rules in order to uh, to put them on the air. There are rules to bend? Well, generally, the the rule is if it's too darn long, I won't read it. Oh, no. That's and the rule. I and it's a good rule. Yes, it for is. For good reason. Yes, it is. Uh, but sometimes I just come across something so darned interesting. Is it a story or an article? I mean, is it, you know, it's, an it's, essay? It's, it's vision is what it is. Vision for the future. Essay. It's a, it's a long essay. <laughs> and it's from LouRockwell.com. And I just well, think Friday it's, night's the night to do it. Well, I don't know if there's any night to do it necessarily, but uh, but the show t- has a tendency to, to, to you know the the format's a little more fluid and liquid on Fridays than it is um, you know the rest of the night nights of the week. Um, so I don't know why that is. But, you, you know the the problem sometimes where there's the a lot of calls, long, sometimes there isn't. The problem with long articles um, is that radio people can't tune and, and stay. They probably can't right, stay. We're on them. 31 stations now. It was one thing when we were on a couple of stations and we we're the number one podcast. But this article doesn't really have a point that you have to read the entire thing to get. It's just talking about the future and what's going to happen. And and even if you only heard a segment of it, it would be pretty cool and pretty exciting. Okay. I'm, I'm for the article. I'm fine with that. But the thing that you have to prepare yourself for is that now you're a nationally syndicated talk show host, and you've got 31 stations, and you could very likely have people calling in wall-to-wall in the next um, 12 segments. And there's just – you're not going to yeah, get through It might through be good enough to where article. we could break it up. I don't know. It's it's really – it's broken it could take up you into four sections. nights to get through this thing. It could. It's not that. That long. And I can cut some of it out. All right. Well, let's let's rock and roll. People right. wanted to hear about it at this point. All right. You it's premiered a, your long it's essay. It's by Johnny Kramer at uh, LouRockwell.com. And it's oh, called, I could have guessed that. It's called The Coming Market Triumph. He says, you may not know it, but you're probably living in the final generation anywhere on the earth to endure poverty, disease, and scarcity of physical goods. That's a hell of a statement. At least in the way such things have existed from the dawn of civilization until now. Now, if that seems unbelievable, consider how much of today's world, especially the Internet, would have sounded like an absurd, utopian fairy tale to you just 15 years ago. What if someone had told you in 1992 that it would be not just possible, but commonplace in less than 15 years to literally find more information on your computer all for free through it being linked to a network of other computers literally than you could buy at that time for many, many millions of dollars? Would you believe that? I don't know what I would have believed. I, I, I guess. I mean, in, in the amount of time, I don't know. In 15 years? I mean, that's... That's pretty hard to believe. Imagine what it would have cost. Well, well hold on just a second ago. before before we go on with that. Let's uh, well let's let's yeah. flesh it out. Yeah. Um. What's it going to be like? And what what's the future going to be like? Fifteen years from now, what's going to change? Um. But he's going to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm trying to figure out is how how are things going to change? I mean, probably people will just do away with landlines, mostly um, phones. Um. So no, it's it's much bigger than that. This vision is big, and that's why I thought it was pretty important to read on the air. Because I got really excited after reading it. Well, Uh, it must have something to do with no government. No, actually, it doesn't focus on uh, really the government thing. He touches on Ron Paul and government at the end, but it's mostly about vision and technology and and what's coming soon, really soon. Imagine what it would have cost 15 years ago to even attempt to amass a personal library of books, photos, audio, and videotapes to rival what's available online now for free. 
A billionaire probably couldn't have afforded it. If you bought it all, where would you store it? Even if you figured out how to store it, you wouldn't have been able, able to retrieve any of it in literally a second or two the way you can now do with a search engine. Plus, it wouldn't be continuously updated with no work on your part the way the Internet is today. The Internet's also produced other miracles, to name another, like sites like YouTube. It's now possible, uh, through sites like YouTube, it's now possible to produce your own television show, which we were just doing an hour and a half ago. Mark. Yeah, You're and in, putting it up, and, and I would say hundreds of people watch it, if not a few thousand people watch. If you include the people watching it live on cable television here in Keene, yeah, but online no way to it's tell. A, couple hundred, a couple hundred a week that watch it. Okay. And it's on freekeen.com if you want to see it. It's called the Keen Weekly News, and Mark's the host. So we're doing that, and so are so many other people. And you can do it with no approval from anybody. There are no gatekeepers for YouTube. For literally less than $500, including the cost of the computer and camcorder. Would you have believed that 15 years ago either? Consider how many other products you now take for granted in your daily life that didn't even exist 15 years ago. At least not as they do today. Cheap disposable cell phones, navigation systems for your car, satellite radio, DVD, digital cables, satellite, you know, digital satellite, flat panel TVs, high definition TV, etc. I think I imagined a flat panel TV at one point um, in my youth. I imagined, wouldn't it be neat if you could just hang the TV on the wall like a picture? And sure enough, happened. Yeah, but did you know it would happen that soon? I didn't know that it would happen. Would you have be, uh, believed just 15 years ago that any of this would ever be possible, much less that it was all less than a generation away? Such skepticism about imminent massive change and improvement is understandable, and it's not new. In his 2005 book, Nano Future, What's Next for Nanotechnology, and we'll talk more about that in a moment, J. Storrs Hall, Ph.D., asked readers to imagine someone pulling up to a farmer in 1899 in an early automobile and trying to convince the farmer what his grandchildren's lives would be like including that they would live to see a man walk on the moon. Yeah, the it, farmer probably wouldn't have believed any of it, but he would have been wrong. Consider again whether you would have believed predictions of today's world just 15 years ago. Keep your answer and the farmers from 1899 in mind as we continue this article, because you would have been wrong then. If you doubt this article's predictions, you're going to be wrong again. Well, he's, he's just saying he's going to be right, huh? He's not even just... Positing, he's well. There are some things that could stand in the way of the things he's talking about here, and we'll touch on that. But uh, for the most part, if things keep going in the direction they're going, as as he'll point out, we're going to have some amazing changes in the next fifty years or less. Okay. The biggest change so far in human the human standard of living, of course, was the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. It's startling to think that comparatively little progress of this type occurred from the dawn of human civilization until about 1800. The average person didn't live that much better in 1800 A.D. than he or she did in 1800 B.C. There's still much propaganda and misinformation about the Industrial Revolution, especially from the left, and we hear it all the time on this show. We uh, read often of the horrors of child labor and sweatshops. It's true that such conditions were horrific. By 2007 American standards. But by 1807 or even 1907 standards, they were vast improvements over pre-industrial farm life. Yeah, Otherwise, I mean, those millions of people, who they wouldn't have worked voluntarily in those conditions. Right. K kids started working as soon as they could work. out on, uh, and, and it was a gr an agrarian culture. Most people worked on farms. Yep. And most of those people had as many kids as they could so that they would have help on the farm. And they put them to work. And it's important to point out that few Americans today have any concept of what life was like prior to the Industrial Revolution, nor do they stop to consider how incredibly blessed they are to live now. There is no poverty left in America today in terms of what was considered poverty throughout the entire history of the world right. until the last hundred years having or so. Having things to eat, having a roof over your head. 
Consider that the poorest people in this country who have at least jobs and places to sleep literally have a higher standard of living than the wealthiest person on earth did less than 150 years ago. Sure. 150 years ago, the wealthiest person on earth didn't have anything that the poorest today consider basic necessities like indoor, indoor plumbing, plumbing, electricity, central heating or air, uh, antibiotics, or even a refrigerator, much less things that might not be life-sustaining necessities but are luxuries of yesterday that most consider the necessities of today, like cars televisions, computers, etc. What's the average home have four TVs now? Five? Something like that? I don't know, but I mean, it's difficult for me to call somebody poor who has a car and a couple of Big colored screen, homes, a yeah. couple of tele, um, colored televisions and a cell phone. I mean, that's poor? <laughs> Were it not for the Industrial Revolution, we would all be working 15 to 18 hours per day on our own farms with little to show for it but barely producing enough food to keep ourselves from literally starving to death and making our own clothes out of rags. As Lou Rockwell commented in 1997, anthropologists note that throughout human history, one key sign of prosperous times is the wide consumption of beef, which requires far more land and other resources than other crops. Mm -hmm. It's no surprise that America distinguished, distinguished itself in world history for being the first society in which beef was available to one and all, no matter how poor, especially through the hamburger. Yeah. This is a specific, astounding example of how capitalism and the marketplace has made daily cheap virtual necessity for the poor out of something that throughout all of history until just a few generations ago was a very rare luxury for the extremely wealthy. Shoot, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, 50, even 50, 100 years ago, it was a luxury to have a chicken. I mean, people yep. just made stews and soups and they, they added all kind of carbohydrates to their meat. So we're talking about where we've come from. And next, we'll talk about where we're going. And it is exciting. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free, bulletin board system included with over a quarter of a million posts. There's a lot to talk about, and it's there at the bulletin board system, so get interactive at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. In fact, we're uh, doing something experimental over on the BBS. I just like experimenting with things, and what we've done is we've created a forum on the BBS to give our users more control over the the threads they start. See, in the world of BBS or, or Internet forums, you can start a thread about whatever topic you want, and then people respond to it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the problems we've encountered on the Free Talk Live BBS is thread hijacking. That's where you start a thread to talk about something that's important to you, and then somebody else comes in and starts replying things that are completely unrelated. Tropical fish, and then they uh, post in uh, ugly pornographic Im images. Right. So now, he who starts a thread in this one forum where we're experimenting can delete anyone else who replies to his thread. So that means that you have total control over the replies that appear on your thread. It's very interesting. So some people could be draconian and d just delete people they don't like. Some people could allow whatever amounts of replies they want on their thread. Mm. And so it should be interesting to see what sort of discussions develop there. Anyway, that's what's going on right now at the BBS, bbs.freetalklive.com. And does your ma uh, your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does that bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. We're reading what I considered one of the most visionary 
important articles I've come across, I think, so far this year. I was really excited after finishing reading this. I was excited halfway through it. I was excited after the first paragraph. I mean, it's <laughs> it's cool because it's talking about where we're going in in life. Not just we, but everybody, where things, technology is going, how it's going to help enhance our lives. I mean, if you think it's good today, and it is good today, I mean, it's so nice not to be alive or, or to have not lived back in the 1800s. Or even the early part of the 20th century, we're so much more wealthy today. And the, They're going to say the same thing about us 100 years from now. Right. Now, Can the, you believe those savages? Exactly. Mm-hmm. The wealth is going to keep increasing. And in fact, we're about to talk about the law of accelerating returns and how fast it really could increase. So let's continue the story. I think you're going to find this really interesting. The Industrial Revolution made mass production of not only food, but everything else possible for the first time. In countries with relative economic freedom, productivity and thus wages grew. Prices were massively lowered, hundreds of new products became available, and basic necessities like food, clothing, and shelter became more and more widely available, with luxuries not far behind. Of course, most everything will continue getting better long term. New products we can't even imagine now will be invented, and existing products will get better and cheaper overall, in spite of the government's inflation. One of the more exciting advances coming soon is the emergence of household robots. And by the way, we've seen examples of of his point about inflation. Even though government continues to inflate the money supply, the market is so darn powerful and so good at reducing cost and increasing efficiency that... You were talking about um, when you went to go and buy a bottle of alcohol, rubbing alcohol, I think it was, uh, at Greg, Walmart or I, something. I remember, a, you know, it's, it's probably been uh, a year since I did this, but it was 99 cents, I think. Um, it might have been a little little cheaper than that. But um, when I was in high school, I used to buy rubbing alcohol, too. Back when I was 18, mm-hmm. I'm 36 now. It was 99 cents then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that if, if it hasn't stayed the same with the inflation and everything, it's gone down. Exactly. In fact, I've seen it for 79 cents at Walmart. So. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. It's that, You can see how long it's been since I bought the alcohol. Anyway, one of the more exciting advances coming soon is the emergence of household robots. In 2005, Toyota announced that it plans to begin selling humanoid robots, meaning robots that look like us. I mean, not skin and stuff not yet at least but humanoids with bodies and torsos and arms and legs and that sort of thing in 2010 for around a thousand dollars i mean that's that's cheap the size of a human yeah i can't imagine and of course like all electronics they'll face competition and will rapidly get better and cheaper by 2025 the personal robot industry is expected to be a bigger industry in the united states than the automobile industry This would be one of the greatest advances ever in the human standard of living, where even the poorest people could have full-time bodyguards and servants. Imagine having a robot that can clean your house, do your yard work, laundry, etc., shine your shoes, cook your meals, guard you and your house, and more. As artificial intelligence improves, they'll soon be able to handle more complex chores, like dangerous jobs that humans shouldn't be doing. You know, climbing radio towers, for instance. (laughs) And highly skilled personal repairs, like home remodeling and auto repairs. Humans will soon be free from such burdens, able to move on to other things and produce more wealth. But what's really exciting is, blessed as we are today, and aside from the more minor improvements that will continue to occur, there are three more revolutions coming over the next 20 to 25 years that will make all prior progress look like blips on the radar of history. So three uh, new revolutionary things are going to happen. 
And we will talk about them. First, though, let's talk about the law of accelerating returns. Ray Kurzweil is a world-renowned inventor and author. In the 1970s, he invented the first flatbed scanner and the first reading machine for the blind. Bill Gates calls him the best person I know at predicting the future of artificial intelligence. Among the other accurate predictions in his 1989 book, The Age of Intelligent Machines, Kurzweil predicted a worldwide computer network would emerge around 1995. I, for one, welcome our new computer masters. And gave quite an accurate description of the late 90s Internet. Of course, those predictions were ridiculed at the time. Earlier this year, Kurzweil said that by the time a child born today graduates from college, poverty, disease, and reliance on fossil fuels will all be things of the past. Kurzweil is perhaps the world's foremost futurist, and his projections are based on what he calls the law of accelerating returns, the heart of which is that the rate of change is accelerating. Kurzweil believes that progress is exponential rather than linear. Well, I think that everybody knows that. That um, Don't you think? I don't know. I mean, because now a guy who's inventing something now has all the prior inventions this is true. to you know draw from. So... He, you he know, has the existing wealth to create new wealth from. Edison was creating a light bulb. He didn't have a lot to draw from. But he points out that most people intuitively believe that it's linear because they experience time linearly. Sure. But the price performance of computing power is now doubling about every year, which means you can buy twice as much computing power for the same money or the same amount for half the money as you could one year ago. Right. Which is, by definition, an exponential trend. Which makes it hard to buy a computer, by the way, because you just think, wow, if I could hold off six right. months, I'd wait, get a heck wait, of a wait. lot. I'd, yeah. I'd I get a heck of a lot more computer. That's why I always buy mid-range stuff in computers. Never buy the high-end stuff. Anyway, Kurzweil believes this is just the latest in a series of exponential changes going back billions of years, and this change will affect all of society by the 2020s. He stated in 2004 that the past is not a reliable guide to the future. The 20th century was not 100 years of progress at today's rate, but rather was equivalent to about 20 years because we've been speeding up to the current rates of change. And we'll make another 20 years of progress at today's rate, equivalent to that of the entire 20th century, in the next 14 years. And then we'll do it again in seven years. So because the, the amount of progress that we've had since, uh, what, uh, 88, um, or 87, excuse me, uh, the things that we've seen occur in that amount of time, we're going to see that occur in 14 years. Exactly. And then again and then in seven, seven. Uh, Because of this exponential growth, the 21st century will equate 20,000 years of progress at today's rate of progress, 1,000 times greater than what we witnessed in the 20th century, which itself was no slouch for change. Coming up, the three revolutions. What are we going to see happen within the next few decades that will blow your mind? This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. I think I'm going to be putting a new Shriner up over the weekend at some point, so... uh, be aware, and if you're on our updates list, you'll know first when that happens. We'll tell you more about that in a moment. But again, go to shrine.freetalklive.com. Take a look at the Shrine of Female Listeners. And do you need a new computer but don't seem to have the money or credit to buy one? MyPCCredit.com is your answer. 
Finance, top quality new computers, laptops, and hundreds of other electronics. There are no credit checks, no turndowns. If you're 18 years or older and have proof of income, you're approved. Prices start at just $22 a month. Go to MyPCCredit.com and finance your new computer today. That's MyPCCredit.com. Now, we're talking about what I consider one of the most visionary articles I've read all year long, maybe in recent memory. I was so excited when reading this last night. I felt like I had to share it, even though it's a little bit lengthy. What it does is it brilliantly rolls all into one um, piece all of the different exciting technologies and changes that we're going to see happen during our lifespans over the next few decades. There are going to be incredible advances. Mm -hmm. And he talks about the reasons why. And you, you touched on it yourself, Mark, is that there's this compounding factor this exponential factor to uh, to the increase of technology and wealth in that uh, we can build off of all of the old wealth and all the old ideas, create new ideas from that. And, of course, technology shows there's – I think it's Moore's Law. I'm not sure what the law is called, but there's a certain law that, that says that you know every year, essentially, computer chips get twice as fast mm-hmm. and just twice as good and, and for the same price. Well, of course I pointed that out. I am, after all, a super genius. So there's this law of accelerating returns where – Things just keep getting better faster. And so now uh, the gentleman over at LewRockwell.com, his name is uh, Johnny Kramer, is going to outline three different areas uh, that we're going to see revolutions occur in. Not revolutions like political revolutions, though that's something completely different. We're talking about technology here and how amazing it is going to make our lives. First off, biotechnology. The Human Genome Project is an example of the accelerating rate of change. In 1989, medical researchers began working on decoding the human genome. After finishing one ten-thousandth of the genome in that year, they announced a plan in 1990 to sequence the entire genome in 15 years. Naturally, this plan was ridiculed as a waste of time, money, and effort, chasing an impossible goal. In 2000, only 2% of the genome had been sequenced, and the critics were still scoffing. But the entire genome was completed in 2003, and critics weren't scoffing anymore. Mm. That's what happens. You know, it's it's a great feeling to take the critics and just shove it down their throat, (laughs) you punks. You know, they've been saying you can't do that forever. Right, and it's so easy to say you can't do that. Shut up and grab an oar and start rowing. I just, I, I don't know, I hate that. Well, that's what happens with exponential change. Almost all of the progress happens right at the end. The genome is basically the software instructions for building the human body, and research indicates that the human genome hasn't changed significantly in at least 40,000 years. As Kurzweil has quipped, how many people have software they haven't upgraded or replaced for 40 months, much less 40,000 years? The knowledge of the human genome that increasing technology is beginning to provide will create the first revolution, which is already beginning and should reach maturity in another 10 or 15 years, and that's biotechnology. That will soon make it possible to turn genes partially or totally on or off. As more is learned about the genome, it appears that certain genes provide nothing to sustain life. Oh, lots of them. At least in today's world. There's a lot of junk, junk genes. But are necessary for certain diseases to occur. So turn off the gene and you decrease vulnerability to a certain disease or even create immunity from it. Yeah. A perfect example of an obsolete gene is the fat insulin receptor gene, which is the gene that causes the human body to store fat. Tens of thousands of years old, this gene basically tells your body, hey, store every possible calorie because the next hunting season might not work out so well. 
That was undoubtedly a useful gene at one time. Absolutely. But today, it only causes cosmetic and self-esteem issues, but contributes to all kinds of diseases as well. Researchers have already succeeded in turning off the FIR gene in lab rats and mice. After taking a drug to turn off the gene, the rodents gorged themselves on nothing but junk food like candy, milkshakes, cheeseburgers, and pizza. They feed rats, candies, milkshakes. Cheeseburgers, what? Yet lost all of their fat reserves and became physically incapable of storing fat. Hmm. Five pharmaceutical companies are rushing to bring FIR inhibitor drugs to the human market, and Kurtzvale uh, estimated in 2005 that the drugs were only five to ten years away. Of course, you can thank the FDA and the government's pharmaceutical industrial complex for the drugs not already being on the marketplace cheaply. The following stage of biotechnology will make it possible to insert new DNA into a person, curing hereditary diseases, Hmm. cosmetic defects, and fixing formerly permanent injuries like paralysis, as well as regrowing missing limbs. If they can regrow missing limbs um, in the next, is he saying 15 years? That's when we're going to start to see these things. If you can do that, then you can stop the aging process in cells. They're going to talk about that too, as a matter of fact. Uh, I am a super genius. I should be a scientist. This whole talking to you every night on the radio, you know, I'm not living up to my full potential. I sit in this uh, little room with nobody else but some mad anarchist, and, you know, I, I, I could things could be so much different for me. Now, that, you know, there's only one thing that can stop all this, and, of course, that is government regulation. We Absolutely. Can they are going to try their later. butts off. The because Luddites of those, are going right. to... Oh, what? my God! We're meant to die! Jesus wants us to right. rot from diseases! This or, is why oh I like what God. that guy said last night, that we're all gone. Odds, essentially. You know, we, we really can do amazing things. Anyway, mainstream medical researchers are seriously talking about soon being able to slow and eventually reverse aging. And Kurzweil believes that human life expectancy, which was 18 in prehistoric times, 35 in 1800s America, 50 in 1900s America, and now approaching 80 in the developed world, will be growing by more than a year every year within 15 years. In their 2004 book, Fantastic Voyage, Live Long Enough to Live Forever, which was aimed mainly at baby boomers and older, Kurtzweil and Terry Grossman, a medical doctor, wrote that if you can hang on for just another 10 or 15 years, you can live to see the remarkable progress that lies ahead. God, I hope that's true. You know, my mom's 60, I'm not going to give her age out, but it's Mm 60-something. And, um, you know, if she could hold on that amount of time, she could live forever. I would love that. Apparently, uh, not only could you hang on, uh, you could live to see the remarkable progress that lies ahead, and you'll see your life expectancy grow, possibly into the hundreds of years. Now, that's biotechnology. There are two more revolutions. Nanotechnology is the next one. Now, these are little things, uh, little robots or whatever. Uh-huh. These are all things we've heard something about. See, we don't, we're not doing a science show every night, so we don't really know all of these interesting developments, which is why I love this article, because it just rolls it all into one piece. Mm-hmm. Nanotechnology, the next revolution, which will take over in 15 to 20 years where biotechnology leaves off, um, is generally understood to involve anything less than 100 nanometers in size. Now, one nanometer is the length the human fingernail fingernail grows in one second. The ability to manipulate matter at that scale is so profound that eventually human history will likely be separated into two basic eras, pre- and post-nanotech. Since 1965, the paradigm has that the paradigm that has governed the number of transistors that can fit onto a chip has been Moore's Law, named after Intel researcher Gordon Moore. The, original, the law originally stated that the number of transistors that can fit on a chip would double every 18 months. Well, 
turns out that was a little conservative, as it's now about 12 months that it's, uh, every, that it's doubling. Wow. At the current rate of progress, Moore's Law will hit a wall at about 2020, meaning that the distance between transistors on a chip will only be a few atoms, and it will be physically impossible to fit any more on a chip. Hmm. However, as Kurzweil notes, Moore's Law is the fifth and not the first computing paradigm. When one hits a wall, the next wall takes over. The next paradigm, which is verified by companies like Intel, is three-dimensional molecular computing, which is a prerequisite to molecular manufacturing and will take over from Moore's Law around 2020. So this is like the replicators uh, from Star Trek? You're damn right it is. You mean they could make a, a healthy uh, milkshake or a healthy uh, uh, chocolate fudge sundae for me and, and I wouldn't gain any weight? Well, of course, the biotech thing would have kicked in at that point, too. Right. This is going to be so great. So it's going to take over around 2020 just as electronics enters into the nanotech range. The implications of mature nanotechnology are nothing short of enormous. Probably the biggest is that it will bring to physical goods a similar deflation to what the Internet has already brought to raw information. We'll talk more about that and the third revolution and whatever you want to talk about as well. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The feature's there for free, and if you like the show and you want to help support us, then go and shop with us at store.freetalklive.com. We sell all kinds of great, high-quality merchandise, Free Talk Live branded merchandise there at store.freetalklive.com. There was one thing that we put up, up on our store this year that just wasn't up to spec Mm -hmm. and we made a big mistake we ordered a bunch of these things these multi-gadgets these mp3 players with our brand on it we ordered a bunch of them without actually testing the player first we should have known better we botched it up and we apologized profusely for it we tried to make good we sold them at cost and you know tried to make good with anybody that had an issue and exchanged them out and so i think that we handled that situation as best as we could considering we screwed up and there's now a video on the front page of freetalklive.com mm-hmm. of our store manager, Johnson, uh, former co-host, smashing the multi-gadget to bits, mm-hmm. actually axing it to bits, and then burning it in a fire. So just to show how serious we are about providing you with high-quality merchandise, that's what we do to stuff that doesn't meet our, our uh, expectations. So you can go see that at freetalklive.com. Anyway, so, so do some shopping at store.freetalklive.com. Soon, though, uh, maybe within the next few decades, you might not have to do much shopping anymore, actually going out and, and physically purchasing things at stores. Because of what we're talking about here, these revolutions that we're expecting to see in various areas of technology. Uh, We've already touched on how there's this law of accelerating returns, which means things keep getting exponentially better. And we're seeing such amazing progress now, it's going to keep getting faster and quicker and, and more effective within the next few decades. We already touched on biotechnology, which could make it so we live hundreds of years, perhaps even forever, perhaps even reversing the aging process. These are all things that are that are on the way. Uh, being able to fix d- uh, genetic defects and that sort of thing. And now we're talking about nanotechnology. There are three revolutionary things that are going to happen. Biotechnology, nanotechnology, and we'll get to the, the third one. The secret one. 
get to the third one in a moment, but uh, talking about nanotechnology, which is dealing with very, very, very small things. Uh, he points out, this is a futurist, uh, Mr. Kurzweil, points out that Moore's Law is the fifth and not the first computing paradigm. The next one, which is verified by companies like Intel, is three-dimensional molecular computing. The implications are enormous. Probably the biggest is it will bring to physical goods a similar deflation to what the Internet has already brought to raw information, in that the Internet now puts information at your fingertips. If you wanted to find information 15 years ago, you had to go to the library and hope they had the book that you were looking for, and you had to figure out what book you wanted to find right. in the first place. And Parents had to buy Encyclopedia Britannica. Now it's just tap, 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 and there it is. So um, now imagine that for products. Nanotechnology will make almost all physical products self-assembling and nearly free. Everyone wow. will have a personal nanofactory in their homes. Yeah. They'll shop online, with, uh, which will be full immersion virtual reality and make indistinguishable from shopping in a physical store today. Select a product, pay with a credit card for the software to manufacture it, and download the software to their nanofactory, which will then manufacture the product out of free materials like carbon and hydrogen pulled from the air. And there will be free open source blueprints available, just as there are with software. Right. I can't imagine. It, it seems obvious. Right. Obviously, people. Um. You know, if if there's these blue these uh, plans to uh, to have your little plastic device making machine mm-hmm. make things, then somebody out there is going to say, you know, I could make a trash can just as easily. Well, think about it. I mean, we'll all be so damn wealthy. There won't be any real incentive to charge for these things anymore. If, indeed, you can just crank out all the things you need from life from this nano machine, you could really just spend your time doing all the things you really want to do. And if one right. of those things is inventing things, well, then... Well, wealth, not in the sense that you um, uh, hold money, but wealth in the sense that you have the things to live by. You know, well, you know they're cheap. Things are just so cheap. So uh, nanotechnology will, again, make these things just amazingly available and affordable. And there will be free open source blueprints. Uh, so a personal nanofactory will make almost all physical goods, including food, clothing, shoes, toiletries, etc., nearly free. It will also be able to make larger products like furniture, cars, and houses, either with a larger nanofactory or in a modular fashion to be assembled by humans or robots. Nanotechnology will also make possible blood cell-sized robots, which can perform precise and painless surgery kill pathogen, uh, pathogens and cancer in seconds, clear the arteries or of the heart of plaque, deliver oxygen to the tissue so efficiently that it will be possible to sit at the bottom of a swimming pool for hours or run a marathon without taking a breath. That's Re- incredible. Repair wounds or broken bones it's in true, hours. Though. I mean, it, it, it's absolutely true because the lactic acid would be taken out of your muscles, and I'll bet, that, right. I'll bet that's true. Little robots in there doing things to you. Just think how, like brushing your teeth... There's be a little robot in there that takes care of that whole toothbrushing sure. problem. Or if you need to replace it. No in fact, he talks about teeth. Uh, align teeth in minutes or repair or replace teeth with synthetic material indistinguishable down to the molecular level from natural teeth, painless in minutes. Nanotechnology will completely decentralize energy, making everything solar and electricity, heat and air conditioning free, making all fossil fuels and other polluting technologies obsolete, and will quickly, easily, and cheaply clean up all existing pollution. By the 2020s, almost all the entire world economy will be information, and there will be no longer need for significant human employment in service or manufacturing industries. As Kurzweil notes, we're automating jobs at the bottom of the skill ladder and replacing them with jobs higher on the skill ladder. Now, this might alarm some, but anyone who understands economics knows that it's a glorious, miraculous progress whenever jobs are lost through normal market forces. After all, 
We don't have, what do you call them, the uh, the horseshoe guys? Oh, uh, farriers? Farriers. We don't really have them anymore, and blacksmiths and all that, and those people found other things to do. Potters. Right. I mean, just imagine, uh, every community had somebody who made uh, pottery so that you could have a cup, and, you know, those those kind of things. They sold them relatively cheaply, but that was something that they did. Mill workers, uh, it was huge. I mean, just about everybody was a farmer, because you had to produce food to, uh, you know, be able to sustain life. Now... Look how what, look what pop percentage of our population's farmers now. Mm-hmm. So that was nanotechnology, and we're talking about the three revolutions. And the third will be strong artificial intelligence. Strong meaning human level and beyond. Mm. Despite the massively world changing implications of nanotechnology, Skynet. even that will be dwarfed by strong AI, which should arrive just as nanotechnology fully matures in the mid 2020s. The price performance of artificial intelligence. Now, this, the guy who's writing this um, was. Uh, is, is that the guy that uh, Bill Gates said no. was the... The guy that's writing this is Johnny Kramer at com, but he's citing the gentleman that Bill Gates... Uh, Mr. Ray Kurzweil. Ray, Ray Kurzweil, who Bill Gates said was the um, what the most accurate guy yeah. predicting what's going to happen the with internet. AI. Yeah. I mean, as crazy as this AI stuff sounds, this is... Th- it's it's all based on trends. Yeah. It's all based on the fact that these things exist and they're getting better faster. The price performance of artificial intelligence is doubling every year. Right now. And it's currently about at the level of a mouse brain. At the rate that it's doubling, AI will reach human levels around 2025, Mm. then soar past it as it continues to double every year. That means one year later... What point did they enslave us? uh Well, now he addresses that. (laughs) That means one year later, artificial intelligence will be twice as smart as the the average human. The next year, it will be four times smarter. The year after that, 16 times smarter, etc. When one stops to ponder the implications of this, it's not hard to imagine that the world of 2030 will be unrecognizably better than the world of 2025, as artificial intelligence easily solves age-old problems that unenhanced humans have never been able to solve. Modern Luddites like Unabomber Ted Kaczynski hear such predictions and imagine dire outcomes like robots making humans their pets. But the retort of optimists like Kurzweil is much more sensible. Rather than a war between humans and machines, there will be a merger of humans with the technology they've created. That nanotechnology will make that possible. By the time strong AI arrives to kill pathogens and deliver oxygen to the body's tissues more efficiently, we'll also be able to massively upgrade the functionality of the human brain. So as wow. artificial intelligence doubles every year, everybody, so will human intelligence. Everybody could be as smart as me. <laughs> t- now, t- tell me this isn't some exciting visionary stuff, yeah, it, it is, absolutely. I mean, they could, they could cure whatever problem you've got. Uh, th- things could be entirely different. No, it, it's, it's a really, it's, it's an incredible, uh, incredible thing. And to think it's going to happen in our lifetimes, it's going to happen relatively soon. He's talking about 2020. It's just about 2008, people. Yeah, this isn't very far off. And he t- he points out elsewhere. And there's more to the story, but that's that's those are the three revolutions. When do the um the the hot supermodel robot sex toys happen? That's <laughs> I don't I'm... think that's too far off. I didn't... <laughs> that's not too far off. Yeah. Everything's going to change, okay? And there's nothing really that can be done to stop it, except the government standing in the way. Really, the reason why these things might take as long as they will is because government standing in the way of much of them and saying slow it down. Need to do more research, more testing. Uh, the FDA is a perfect example of the government slowing down progress. And it's not like they're regulating robots yet, but they might. 
And if they start regulating robots and they have to approve all the robots, then it will take longer for these things to happen. So left to, it, left to the marketplace, these things will happen in a very fast, quick fashion, and it will be just amazing changes in the next few decades. Can you imagine how this – I was just thinking about my, my uh, silly sexist statement about the uh, supermodel uh, robots, but can you imagine how this is going to change human interpersonal relationships? Mm-hmm. I mean, women don't need men for killing bugs, the occasional sexual interlude, reaching um, tall things, you know, lifting heavy, head, heavy objects now and then. They won't need you for any of that crap, fellas. No, that's true. Things are going to change, my friend, and it is exciting. If you want to comment on this, we would love to hear from you. 800-259-9231. This is your show. Hour 2 is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231 as we launch into hour number two of the program. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We spent the entire first hour sharing what I thought was probably one of the most visionary articles I'd ever read. It was brilliant. It was from lewrockwell.com, and if you missed it, go grab the archives, or I'll post my show prep tonight at uh, the, uh, the BBS and the Issues Forum. But essentially, in a nutshell... It was talking about how we are going to see some incredible change in our lifetimes within the next few decades. Made me believe it. Uh, Biotechnology, nanotechnology, and artificial intelligence are all going to have exponential, are having right now exponential increases, and it's going to get just more and more amazing the things that you can do. All technology is going to have exponential increases. Right. Any technology the government doesn't get in the way of, like flying cars, that's going to, you know, they're going to get in the way of that. Right. So um, so essentially, they were, the vision is that you'll be able to repair diseases, regrow, uh, you know, regrow missing limbs. You'll be able to, to extend your life, maybe even reverse aging. You'll be able to create products from a little nanomachine that will, or a nanogenerator that will essentially just create products virtually from thin air using nanotechnology. Mm-hmm. Artificial intelligence and robots will become so amazing. We'll be able to merge with, with, uh, with artificial intelligence and robots and increase our own intelligence, enhance our own brains. I mean, the vision is, in, is just mind-bogglingly incredible. So, uh, with that in mind, let's go to the phone calls and see what you think about all this. Let's talk to Johnson in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live, Johnson. Hello, Mark? Johnson. Mark? Hello. Hello? Hello. This hey. isn't Johnson in Connecticut. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Ian just said Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? Sorry about hey. that. It is funny. Uh, a week ago, he said Daddy Walker. Now he's talking about Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, I should have noticed it said Johnson in Florida, but I thought it was Johnson in Connecticut. And so, uh, no, anyway. you confused me. I you're not Johnson. Own, you're uh, you're Jorge. Frank. I know. I know. Uh, so what do you, you think know, about all this future stuff, Jorge? How do you feel about it? About the robot? Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah, I made I made a robot. I'm not all that impressed by it. You know, if if you had a robot, it could sneak across the border for you. Well, I'm already here. I dug my <laughs> hole. I didn't have that sneak anywhere. <laughs> you could have had the I robots already, dig the hole. Is what yeah, you could have done. I, know, but I already made a robot, man. I you you made impressed. your own robot? Yes, I had my own robot. How did what you? I did? What did you do? Well, well I took some uh, pin foil and I wrapped it around my arms and I wrapped it around my legs and I wrapped it all around me and then. I had, I moved my arms really slow, and I made sounds like. Ee, ee, ee. 
I made a robot. That's awesome. What does it do? Like it? Does it actually do anything besides wave its arms? Oh, it drinks tequila. Yeah. It smokes a lot of weed. That's it pretty likes, cool. Uh, go meet strange women, stuff like that. You're a talented man, Jorge. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate hearing from you, as always. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Gene, the Christian anarchist, on the line in Tennessee. Hey, Gene. AI and uh, and nanorobots, nanomachines. Yeah. All right. I think that uh, there's a couple things that's going to get in the way of all this happening. Hmm. And uh, besides my Christian beliefs, there's a couple of uh, factors that are going to come to play. Number right. one, mankind does not possess the morality to know how to deal with this kind of power. So I don't think that techni- that we'll ever get through that age because we'll destroy ourselves first. Basically, we'll blow ourselves back into the Stone Age if that's what it takes. Well, okay. there are certainly those men who would be willing to use this technology to destroy instead of create. That much is for sure. There, there isn't just those men who would do that. That's most men would be doing that. Most men would be using this technology to their advantage somehow over somebody else. So, it's certainly a pessimistic view. There's no doubt about that. And, and, and I think it's an accurate view. The other <laughs> thing that would, that would blow a hole in this theory is as soon as we have this super AI intelligence mm-hmm. that we created, and as soon as we have all this nanotechnology uh, that we created that can create a, uh, anything we want out of uh, bare, bare minerals and, and the essence, those things will combine into a super form that will decide, logically, of course, that there is no need for the human race anymore, <laughs> and they will simply eliminate us. You've been reading too much science fiction, Gene. No, no, that, it's a logical conclusion. It does sound like Terminator, but it makes sense. Because well, but Gene, um, what he posited there, Gene, smart, Gene, what he posited is that uh, th- this nanotechnology would allow, you know, just uh, gene, you know, the, the the changes of genes, and it would allow the human brain to get, you know, more powerful, learn things in in you know, moments. We would. You know, be using this uh, AI to enhance our own intelligence, and therefore we would still control our, you know, soon-to-be no, robot masters. We, we we probably wouldn't, because the AI would uh, would would surpass us. Like you're saying, the uh, technology is surpassing us. Even if we manipulated the AI into our own brain, that would no longer be us that that exists. It would be something else. But why would, would they? Uh, why would the AI want to eliminate its its creators? Because it makes no sense to keep humans around if they're not needed anymore. What are they needed for? Why would AI require human presence? Well, I can you know, think of no reason. It's it's it, it's quite possible, and there's absolutely nothing that's going to st- stop this sort of pro- cro- yeah. progress. Just because you can't think of the reason doesn't mean there won't be one. And you know, there's what's the point of being pessimistic about it, Gene? Well, I mean, why not be optimistic? Embrace well, your robot masters. I'm realistic. The realistic part is that we will destroy ourselves. I mean, that's just uh, wow. human nature. Well, what, a, what, we, what a depressing situation. Nothing, I mean, you, nothing else is powerful enough on this planet to do such a thing. You, we've, we've proven that over and over, how good we are at destroying ourselves. So there's no reason to suspect that all of a sudden we're able to defeat but, that. But that's such, such a pessimistic statement because, I mean, you can say that, and there are certainly are destructive things that have happened, certainly most uh-huh. of them by the hands of governments. Uh, but in general, we haven't destroyed ourselves. We've been propagating ourselves. We, uh, we have become far more self-aware than ever before, and we were able to live long longer, happier, more productive lives. So, in general, you're wrong about that. Yeah, look around the world and just open your eyes. You mean at the six billion people? Yeah, look at all the people that are trying to kill each other and then tell me that we've made all this progress. Most of them are governments. 
It's the government yeah. that's the that's holding mankind back. It's government. It's the it's the slavery of the state. You you know as well as I do, government is a fiction and doesn't exist. It's the people that are killing each other. Thank you. People the people calling people. themselves governments. Those are the ones that we need to deal it doesn't with. Doesn't matter. People will always call themselves government, and they will always kill other people. Well, I don't know if I'm going to make those uh, those uh, blanket statements. I don't know if it's true. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to believe that, Gene. Why oh. Why bother with believing that? Why not just kill yourself then? <laughs> Well, you can if you want. I'm not going to because I believe in a positive future. Uh, yeah, well, okay. Well, you can believe what you want, but realism says that uh, hmm. that mankind is that way, and I don't see any reason to well, believe that it's ever going to change. All right, Gene. Thanks for the injection of pessimism tonight. Appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. Well, realism, I mean, the realistic fact is that technology is increasing exponentially. And it is getting more and more amazing, and we are going to be able to do just incredibly, unbelievable, mind-bending things within the next few decades. Now, if indeed there are still people calling themselves government that want to wield power over others, they will inevitably present a problem. And that's why I see the other revolution personally, and there is a part to the article that does address it, that does address this, and I want to share that because he ties it into the Ron Paul campaign. Because really? Ron Paul, getting Ron Paul elected is a, a nice first step towards reducing the government's role in our lives and thereby freeing the marketplace to have these advances happen. And, of course, if we can reduce the government down to constitutional levels or maybe even smaller than that, then the people that are evil and that want to harm others won't have that power structure that they can get in control of in order to do that sort of thing. Right. I don't want to sound like I'm a Pollyanna. I understand that there, are, not. <laughs> that there are dangerous people out there and that in the, you know with technology they will do dangerous things. I mean, we're already seeing governments... Uh, government people are very interested in robots. They want to use robots to kill people. They want to, yeah, enforce laws and and fight wars, right? And blow up bombs on people. Whereas and that kind we of thing. want, we in the productive world, we want robots to clean our house. Right. <laughs> we want to do good things with them. Right. So it's just a matter of good. It's it's good versus evil as it has always been. That will be a constant, eternal struggle. And that's why we talk about uh, government so much on this show, and freedom, and the marketplace, and, and liberty, and the, uh, the, the, the ability to live your life how you want, so long as you aren't harming anyone else, to help people understand the idea that the marketplace is what is bringing us progress. The freedom to innovate and create and come up with new wealth and new ideas and products and services, that's what progresses society and civilization, not the existence of a uh, of essentially what is nothing more than a big parasite, like a big tick on the economy, which is the government. 800-259-9231. We need a paradigm shift, and we need it soon. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The wiki is there with over 1,400 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com. And... Would you like to pay higher prices for goods and services? Who wants to do that? Well, you do every time someone doesn't pay their bills. This is one of the many compelling reasons SACL CAI has been at the cornerstone of, co- cornerstone of collections for more than 35 years. 
Before you pay higher prices, think whether the business could use some help with their collections to contain costs so they're not passed on to you. Tell them to call the dedicated collections experts at SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. Our number is 800-259-9231. Talking about the future and how exciting it really is and how within grasp it is. I mean, just amazing technological advancements. We've already seen some amazing technology Life's happening. Life's going to get better and better. Right, in our lifetimes. And all you have to do is continue drawing breath. Yeah, you just need to live to see it happen. And if you're going to be around for the next 15 or 20 years, you will see some amazing changes. Now, some people, like Gene, who just called in, say, no, it'll never happen. People are evil, and they're going to destroy each other before this happens. And, you know, if you want to live life with that mentality, I don't know how you get up in the morning. Well, there's some, there's some evidence with the, for what he says. I mean, I'll, I'll give him that. But There's uh, evidence. There's also, but, but the thing is, is, you have to understand that people are also naturally good at the same time. Most people are. It's just the people in government uh, that are running the state that aren't necessarily good. And many of them are doing what they think is good. They they have good intentions. It's just that they don't understand that the process is flawed. That you can't use force on people and get good get uh, get good results. But you know the reality is things are getting better. The reality is we are living longer, healthier lives. Products and services are getting more affordable over time, despite government's uh, inflation and all the other nasty things they do to the economy, like mm-hmm. suck off our wealth like a parasite. Uh, once we can all free ourselves from from the clutches of the state, from state-enforced slavery, we'll all be able to keep our own money and decide what to do with it, which means we'll spend it better, which means all of these advancements will come sooner. But they're still on the way. In fact, uh, Johnson just sent me this little story. There's a 3D printer that's going to be coming out sometime this year. I've seen it on TV. According to the New York Times, some 200 customers have already signed up to buy it at a price of $5,000, which will make up the entirely uh, the entirety of the initial test run. And they might be feeling a bit of buyer's remorse before too long because the company says the price of the printers will come down to $1,000 in four years. But that's how, how it works. Early adopters, yeah, they always, always pay through the nose. And thank goodness and for them. And you get to talk about how you had it first. Right. That's why we need rich people. Please, go out and buy these $5,000 printers so they can get cheaper. Eventually, Idealab, the manufacturer, foresees companies selling 3D designs of products on the Internet, which people could then simply print out at home. For now, however, the printers would seem to have somewhat limited applications, relying on nylon mixed with aluminum and glass that results in gray objects that have somewhat jagged edges and a sandy finish. But that has to start somewhere, and it's only going to be a matter of time before this becomes mind-bogglingly amazing technology. I mean, compared to 20 years ago, people would never have considered this as, as as a possibility. Anyway, let's continue with the phone calls and talk to Blake in North Carolina. Blake, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey guys, how's, hey. how's it going? Great. What's on your mind tonight? I'd like to respond to uh, you know Gina Christianica's comments and his uh, defeatism. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if, if we're doomed to kill ourselves, why don't we just get it over and get over with and do it now? Yeah, what's taking so long? And uh, you know, the, the technology coming out is actually pretty amazing. Like uh, like cancer. Uh, they're making cancer. Now, well, they're not curing it, but uh, <laughs> basically our treatment now is we flood the entire body with a poison. And we uh, called chemotherapy, right. and we uh, hope to kill enough of the bad cells so that they no longer become a problem. With chemotherapy, they can, with uh, excuse me, nanotechnology, they can individually target uh, individual cancerous cells and knock them out one at a time instead of just you know destroying your body, going bald, and all that. Yeah, chemo's some terrible stuff. I've um, both my grandmother and my father died of cancer, and uh, both of them said uh, before they died, you know, I I'd just rather die than go through that chemotherapy again. Mm. 
awful. You know, they both did it one time, and that was it. So again, these are the uh, the biotechnology and the nanotechnology going to be used to enhance our bodies and keep us healthier and living longer, perhaps even forever. Right, Blake? Absolutely. And uh, you know, I, I think the uh, what makes people like Gene think this way is uh, you know they believe in non-existent beings or gods, <laughs> and if everything's predetermined, then you know why bother on a day-to-day basis? You're you know you're all going to end up the same way anyway. Well, the vast majority of people believe in some non-existent being that uh, controls the universe. I mean, it's, well, you know, the vast majority of people once believed the Earth was flat once. So this I mean, is true, which makes you wonder uh, but, if indeed they come out with this technology to extend life. Let's say to extend life forever. What will those people think? Will they? I mean, if they could go and take a pill or have some sort of nano surgery that will allow them to meld with the machines to where their consciousness can go on for all of time then will they just decide, you know, I believe there's a man in the sky that's going to take me to a better place. You know, that's okay. I'll pass on this eternal life thing. I'm going to go ahead and just die. I when think we'll I have religion for quite some time, and I think that people will, um, you know, change their, uh, you know, they'll, they'll change their sort of view of religion what as, do you think, as Blake? progress goes. Uh, I think people, as, uh, you know, as science expands and gains more knowledge, the uh, room for God shrinks. So people will constantly reevaluate their belief system in order to fit into this smaller and smaller box mm-hmm. that science is leaving for a God. Yeah, eventually, and, uh, eventually religious people could be in the minority. It, it could simply be a, uh, you know, a society full of people who have determined that we are the gods and that we can do whatever we want with, uh, with our lives and our universe. There's religions that believe that now. I'm sorry, it's a, I think it's a much healthier attitude, because if you believe that this life is all that you have, I think you're more likely just to make the most of it. I mean, if if you believe that there's some, you know, paradise full of 72 versions that you're going to go to, you know, maybe defeatism, you know, maybe, you know, killing yourself or, you know, just... I don't know, proselytizing other people seems like you know, a good way of pushing your beliefs on other people. But Well, uh, you know, atheism know. isn't the, uh, the only thing out there that could possibly save us. There are religions out there now. For instance, I'm sort of an adherent to science of mind or new thought. And uh, this, you know, this process essentially believes that you are, in fact, a god of your own, and you create your own universe, and you save yourself. And, well, that's and that not incompatible with atheism. Atheism is simply the uh, the rejection of the monotheistic uh, or or the, the concept of theism, the idea that there are these uh, these gods out there that rule over your life and control everything. That's all that atheism it sounds is. pretty darn close to um, uh, inconsistency. I don't think so. I, I consider myself an atheist, and at the same time, I also love the idea that uh, you know the universe is becoming self-aware and that we are ascending to the to the point where we can have total control over our lives in that way. I don't think they're incompatible at all. Okay, Blake, your thoughts? Uh, I don't know. It's just it. I think atheists. Uh, I like Richard Dawkins' line. He said, uh, "You know, most people don't believe in uh, most gods that have ever existed. Atheists just go one god further." Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I, I don't know. Just, <laughs> you're right. I mean, I, pretty funny. I, Interesting I, point. I do have sympathy for Christians because that's where I come from. But sure, I mean, me too. It, it's just. I just you know, religion just just don't get it on me is my life. very good, Blake. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So uh, once again, talking about the future and talking about some of the exciting things that are coming soon. Would love to hear from you. Your thoughts. Is this possible? Or are you a negative pessimist like Gene, the Christian anarchist? What is your vision for the future? Does it coincide with this? Are you excited as I am? Because this, man, I was excited last night after reading this article. And I'm so excited because I think everybody 
that's listening is a part of this. Whether or not they're doing the research in the sciency areas of this, we're all a part of it because we're all working to throw off the chains of the state. More on that coming up. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. And you'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates freetalklive.com and don't forget that you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys legalzoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes legalzoom.com use code FTL to save 10% that's legalzoom.com uh, let's continue with the phone calls talk to Jeremy in Montana listening on KGEZ hey Jeremy hey guys can you hear me better tonight yeah you're good what's on your mind oh I was just um, the last couple of days y'all have been really down on like religion, I heard the mocking in your voice, all of this, how Halloween is good and Christianity's bad. And, no, no, I mean, no, no, no. I didn't say Christianity was bad. Don't put words well, in my mouth. Basically, I mean, I could hear it in your voice. I don't you know, think I I don't think any organized religion is is generally very positive. I I think that it's got a history of of controlling people, uh, a history of keeping people ignorant, a history of controlling well, their property, and uh, I just think it's it's generally a negative of, thing for mankind. I'm sorry, but anyway, um, I kind of agree with that one guy. I mean, even Red Cloud and Running Deer from the Sioux Nation tribe said that um, pretty much the white man would end up destroying themselves and look what they built all these nuclear bombs and all these power things that yeah but i didn't build that and, i'm a and, white guy and yeah, i didn't yeah. build those things well, you know, didn't build those it, things it, i know but he was just saying that i mean you'd probably be saying that too if you were being slaughtered by the hunters and well, yeah, I'm sure like that the that Iroquois, too, you know, people, but, I doubt the uh, the I mean, different tribes thought very highly of each other either i mean they fought amongst themselves too oh, so yeah. well that, that was part of you know the way they done i'm not saying it was right but i'm just saying that's some native american prophecy and and you know look what they got now nuclear bombs that can just wipe things out by the hundreds sure. of millions of people you know you can you can look at that and you can tear your hair out or you can look at the positive things that are going on in the world like the I'd internet and like these advances we talked house, about though. yeah I'd love a robot to clean my house. So Wouldn't everybody would want awesome. that? You know, and I, I'm sure that uh, you know somebody probably said, "Oh my God, that that those crazy kids playing with that fire—it's going to destroy us all." Um, you know, they—I I don't know. I mean, we've got to try. You got to embrace new things because that, nothing's going to stop. I didn't get through to you guys last night, but I wanted to tell you one reason that uh, Halloween is bad. Okay, sure, go. Uh, um, because it supports all the big candy factories, which support a lot of things and that we're opposed to. Huh? I mean, it's a reason to go out and support candy corporate America, which are a bunch of these people that are what we're trying to go against. What's wrong with candy? Wait, what? Who's? What's wrong with candy? Look, I try uh, to stay away Netflix from it myself. Universities, they they give money to all these different projects, but they don't own know, all and, of the candy and, brands and out there. And, 
Ferrara Pan, just... for instance, isn't owned by Hershey's. It's I think I believe but... they are an independent, and there are all kinds of independent candy producers out there. So yeah, but they're very small. I mean, you go to the grocery store, you go. Most people are going to buy Hershey's and the Snickers and the this and the that from the large corporate. People Most that, of the things we buy know, in life come from big corporations. I mean, the fact is, corporations make the toilet paper you wiped your butt with today. At least I hope you did. Well, I mean, they, so they what? Also, they also create wars. No, know, it's the government that now. creates the war. It's the government in in tandem with the uh, the military, and, and not the, just the military, but uh, obviously that is the government. But the government in tandem with certain corporations, weapons manufacturers, that sort of thing. I mean, to suggest General that... Electric. To put all the new electric back in Iraq or whatever, you know, General Electric. There's no doubt there's corruption, but that's just, those are just business people that are taking favors from people in government. It's the fact that government exists with all of its power that it can wield and it can give out these favors to these businessmen. You know, the businessmen are just trying to recoup some of the losses they've, uh, they've, they've taken over the years from government taxation and government regulation. If they get the chance to get a sweet government contract out of the deal, then they're going to go for it. I don't blame them for that. I wouldn't do it myself. Um, but, you, you know, that's the way it is. Did you know this week, uh, one more thing, guys. Did you know this week that uh, Dick Cheney bought a great big 80,000-acre 80, um, ranch thing over there in Dubai so that if Ron Paul or someone who's going to go after him does get elected, then they can't get extradited. So I guess he went out there and bought him a great big... Interesting. I didn't hear about that. Jeremy, thanks for the call. We appreciate anyway, it. Anyway, thanks, guys. Thank you. 800-259-9231. I understand the, uh, the, the fear and the hatred that's directed towards corporate America, and I myself don't like the idea of corporations. It is a government construct created to protect people in business from liability, and I think that's... I don't think that's a good thing. But well, again, it's, it's 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 almost defensive in um, today's society, though. I mean, if you well, because it's so litigious, the mm-hmm. society's so litigious. But but government isn't the solution to government-created problems, and of course, that's what happened, right? Things got more litigious. They created these corporations. They, uh, you know, to insulate people, business owners from pr- to protect them from lawsuits. And it just, you just keep building government on top of government on top of government until when – you know, this is what we were talking about last night. When does it stop? Mm-hmm. When do they stop taxing things? When do they say, okay, that's it. We've had enough. They don't. They never will say that. So it's not Why, that well, – It would be crazy for them to say that. It's not that these businesses are inherently evil necessarily, though the weapons manufacturers – yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, manufacturing weapons. People need weapons well, and tools to protect themselves. People need personal weapons, but not – nuclear weapons. Anyway, the fact is, these products are being manufactured at the behest of the state. The state is the one, the government people are the ones placing the orders for these bombs and tanks and the the Mm -hmm. things that destroy. It's not that these people are just churning them out to take over the world with. It's the government that wants to destroy. It's the government that wants to, uh, to invade and to kill. That's the problem. If it weren't for the government, then we would just have companies manufacturing products and offering services that people in the marketplace wanted. They wouldn't be manufacturing killing robots. They would be manufacturing robots that clean your home. Now, right now, we're going in both directions. Right now, we've got the home cleaning robots that are being manufactured. Mm-hmm. Mark, you have uh, the Roomba. And, and we, a have nice one. we have one in our Fun. house as well, and it goes around and buzzes and cleans up floors and stuff like that. That's the very beginning. Of the uh, the robots that are going to be coming to help the us out. The very beginning. And Roomba's got a whole bunch of other stuff. They got a little mopping deal. Right. They got uh, something to go through your gutters and clean out your gutters. Right. We've just scratched the surface on on uh, personal assistance robots, but at, this, at the same time, these companies are also dedicating a significant amount of resources and uh, 
research and development money, to researching killer robots. Why? Not because they have any real interest in doing it, not because the marketplace wants it, but because government wants it. Government, which has huge purse strings. Government, which can print as much money as it wants to to buy these things. Right. Government wants these technologies. None of us do. I mean, a defensive robot, I think that'd be okay. A robot to defend your, your freedom and your property, I think that'd be fine. I think there's going to be a demand for that. But a robot to go on a killing spree? Nobody <laughs> wants that, except government people. It's true. So, government is the problem, and it's not the solution. So, that's, uh, that leads me into the, the final point of this article about the future which I just enjoyed so much, and talking about the vision of technology improving, improving, and just exponentially getting better in our lives, exponentially getting better and longer and just healthier. He says, opponents of the laissez-faire system, freedom, the free marketplace, often attack libertarians by pointing out that living standards were much worse in the 19th century, and we had less government then, and that our living standards are much higher now, and we have much more government now. All of this is true, of course, but statists point out these facts as evidence of the necessity of significant government intervention in the economy. What's implied but rarely stated or backed up with further evidence is that living standards were worse in the past due to lack of government, and they're now, due, now they're higher due to much larger government. This is a logical fallacy it called absolutely is. false cause. The, lo- the fallacy of this logic is evident on its face. If living standards rise with the size of government and the amount of its regulations, then people in countries like the Soviet Union and communist China in the past and Cuba and North Korea today should have the highest standards of living in the world. Right. But the opposite is true. The fact is, people in the United States have a higher standard of living than anywhere else in the world due to the foundation of relative laissez-faire that spawned such a massive capital accumulation during the 19th century. At the time of the revolution, the U.S. was a third world country. Within 100 years, it became the wealthiest nation on earth. More on the way, 800-259-9231, and how all this ties into the Ron Paul campaign as well. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The feature's on the site for free. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and buy some stuff at amazon.freetalklive.com. When, you're, when you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So start your shopping experience there. You've got to buy stuff anyway. You might as well buy it through amazon.freetalklive.com. Doesn't cost you more. Nope. Nope. Same great free Super Saver shipping deals, too, as well. So uh, once again, amazon.freetalklive.com. We are talking about the future and how exciting it really is. Biotechnology, nanotechnology, artificial intelligence, robots. I mean, it's all coming, and it's sooner than you think. Right. If you haven't heard this show um, in its entirety, you need to uh, go get the podcast at freetalklive.com. Later tonight. And, it's yeah, not there right now. Well, yeah, the, obviously. We're still doing it. <laughs> but, right. yeah, an hour after we do the show, likely it'll be up. Right. And uh, I'll post the link uh, to this article at uh, bbs.freetalklive.com so you can see it for yourself. There's a little bit more to it. We didn't get through it all. But we are reading the conclusion, which ties everything into the Ron Paul campaign, believe it or not. And it's pointing out that here in America, we have a higher standard of living more so than anywhere else in the world because we were relatively free. Right. This, was re- this country was relatively unencumbered by the burdens of government for a long time. 
Then, of course, in the early 20th century, you had the income tax, you had the uh, the New Deal and all these new socialistic programs that were instituted. And ever since then, government has been just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and uh, becoming more and more of a – well, government itself by its nature is a – uh, a parasite. It, it acts like a flea or a tick, essentially. It, it leeches off of uh, you know the accumulation of wealth, that's right. for sure. It, it doesn't really... If it offers anything of value, like here in Keene, the government provides water, for instance. So if it offers anything of value, it doesn't do it very efficiently, it doesn't do it very well, uh, and it costs a lot of money as well. So... All of these things can be taken out of the government paradigm and put them into the marketplace paradigm where you aren't forced to pay for things that you don't want to purchase, which is what government does. If you don't agree with what it's doing, it's going to make you pay for it anyway, whether you like it or not. If you're not going to pay, then it's going to put you in a jail cell. Right. If you try to build a house um, and you know without uh, paying the you know without uh, hooking up the water th- th- they're not going to let let you do that it's illegal where we live at least yeah so uh, i mean you've got to follow their little rules but so again government the parasite of government has gotten bigger and bigger and more intrusive in our lives and it's slowing down progress but despite all of government's efforts to um, impede progress and and suck off our wealth despite all of that the market continues to move forward mm-hmm. the market continues to develop to innovate to compete and to bring us new products and services and new wealth to enhance our lives. And it's going to happen whether or not the government uh, stands in the way. The market is uh, more powerful than the government. Right. But if we can, and it moves so much faster, which is why the government doesn't know, it's it's been a decade and the government still doesn't know what to do about taxing the internet. Right. They're still trying to figure out how to tax the internet. Right. So so eventually we're all going to come to understand that this government thing, we just need to throw it off, uh, just as uh, other slavery has been thrown off in the past. And I know you you think we should have a small government, but let I me do. But I, you know, I'm willing to look at right. I'm willing to look at no government. I just think we should get to a small right. government first. Well, and that's what we I have think it's to a do. path along the way. Right. We have to make it much smaller because the only I mean, violent revolution is unacceptable. Unacceptable. We need to do this in a nonviolent fashion, whether that's inside or out of the system. And that's a whole other conversation. Let me continue the story from LewRockwell.com. So, massive progress was slowed dramatically by the rotten progressive era in America, and further slowed by the growth of government since. As blessed as we are, the standard of living the poorest American would enjoy today, if government at all levels still consumed only about 5% of the national income as it did 100 years ago, Mm. rather than nearly 10 times that today, boggles the imagination. Right. Because remember, your money in your hands is spent much more accurately. Yeah, much more wisely. Than government people spend it. They don't care what they spend it on. Eh, no. We'll build a bridge to nowhere. And if, that's not wealth for anybody. If, that's wealth for the few people that happen to live in nowhere. But, yeah. you know, that's, that's not doing anybody any good. If the prospects for future or for the future discussed tonight on this show excite you, then they are still more reasons, in addition to all of the other benefits of significantly increased freedom, to support Ron Paul. Because the freer the country and the economy, and the sounder the money, the faster this progress will arrive. As an example, consider again the fat insulin receptor knockout drugs. The reason they're still five to ten years away is due to the way the FDA massively slows down progress with its ridiculous tests. Mm -hmm. And when the drugs arrive, as miraculous as they'll be, they'll be far more expensive than they would otherwise have been due also to government regulations, like the FDA's tests, which cost roughly $800 million to complete. So you want to know why drugs are so damn expensive? Look no further than the government. Right. The FDA and their, you know, their their, their monopoly system on rating drugs, it's, as though as though the marketplace couldn't figure out how to rate drugs right. themselves, 
It's not because these drug companies want to bend you over the barrel. They've been bent over the barrel by the FDA, and they have to just recoup their costs. Well, I wouldn't say that they're completely, um, you know... They're completely innocent. Well, they I mean, want the FDA to stick around to keep other competitors out of the marketplace. Absolutely. They're using the tool, which is government, um, you know, to get what they want. But if we took the tool away, then they wouldn't be able to do anything but provide you with a service. Yep, exactly. Do you think we'd be seeing such massive progress, innovation, and deflation with technology like computers, DVD players, and plasma TVs if we had a federal technology board requiring similar, similar <laughs> tests, costs, and delays? Imagine if Microsoft or Linux had to submit their software to the government for vetting and approval prior to being able to bring it to marketplace. We'd all be using MS-DOS, if that. If We'd be using handheld calculators if we were lucky. In a free market, drugs like the fat insulin receptor inhibitors would almost certainly be available now or very soon and be quite inexpensive, eventually becoming dirt cheap. Among many other things, Ron Paul wants to create such a market by busting the medical cartel and the pharmaceutical industrial complex. Probably the biggest thing you can do right now to massively increase your future standard of living and those and that of those you care about is to devote whatever time and money you can to the Ron Paul campaign. That's good advice. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. If you want to talk about the future, what's coming coming this way, I mean, whether you like it or not, if you're a Luddite or you're afraid of technology, well, you can still sit in your log cabin in the woods. I mean, there will always be that life for those who choose it. Mm-hmm. But for the rest of us, please, all of you Luddites, stand out of the way and let this progress happen so we can all have happier, longer, healthier lives. Please. I'm looking forward to it. Is it's just so cool, you know? And the Ron Paul thing really looks like it could happen. He's uh, what's now, it's now's the best time for it. Seven point four percent here in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. What was he three months ago? One percent, two percent, two percent. There's two percent at one point, and then one percent prior to that. Mm-hmm. Now he's at seven point four percent according to these um, polls. Maybe he'll grow exponentially as well. Well, I, I don't see, you know, if 1% made 2% and 2% made 7.4%, what's 7.4% going to make? I don't know. Well, I mean, I can't predict, but... No, you can't. Uh, but uh, the fact is, there's a certain point of saturation when it comes to ideas, and Ron Paul is spreading positive, liberty-oriented ideas. Mm-hmm. The fact is, people don't know Ron Paul's name when they hear it, necessarily. It's just the average person. But when they hear the ideas... They resonate with them. They're going to like them. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the most uh, critical aspect is, is getting those ideas in front of people. And to that end, the more media appearances Ron Paul gets, the more likely those people are going to click on and hear those ideas and get interested and go online and learn more about it and get excited, get active. And again, it will build and build and build upon itself. For instance, the Jay Leno appearance from earlier this week. That's Has a libertarian candidate ever appeared on a show like that? Not that I know of. I, I mean, Harry Brown, as, and he's my favorite libertarian candidate of mm-hmm. all time, Harry Brown, as great of a communicator as he was, he was lucky if he got a five-minute stint on some cable news C-SPAN. show. Yeah. yeah. Well, C-SPAN you got more coverage on, but, but, uh, but uh, on like a Fox News or MSNBC or something like that, he'd be lucky if he got one appearance in the entire campaign. Yeah. Ron Paul's been on MSNBC several I times. I remember how excited I was when Michael Badnarik in 2004 mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> excuse me, managed to get on. It was some cable news uh, channel. Uh, you know, the, the email went out, and uh, I knew what time it was coming on. I we were I couldn't get home in that amount of time uh, where I was. I pulled over to a sports bar, sat down, had dinner and a beer, and I had the uh, you know little bartender scal put it on uh, you know that station so I could watch Michael Badnark on the, his one appearance mm-hmm. on you know some that I knew of on some cable news network. Right, and it Mike wasn't Ron even Paul's that great, everywhere. as I recall. Yeah, well, it was, the tie was, was crooked, and he was tired. He, he, he was, well, he had a he says himself he had one hell of a campaign. Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal yeah. running for president. You're up at 6 a.m. doing interviews all the way till 11 o'clock at night. It's amazing that somebody in their 70s can do this and, and you know keep trucking through. Uh, but he's done it, and Harry Brown's done it in the past. But Ron Paul's gotten more media attention in the last month than probably all libertarian presidential candidates ever have gotten in the history of the Libertarian Party. YouTube... YouTube didn't exist in 2004. Nope. So now we've got the presidential candidate, Ron Paul. He's number one on YouTube of all the presidential candidates. Mm-hmm. Number one. The number one amount of meetup groups, far more than all the other candidates combined. I mean, this is incredible. Now is the time for liberty. 1-800-259-9231. And you, if you're not already, should be a part of it. Hour three's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free 800-259-9231 as we launch into hour number three of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. So enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Earlier in the week, I said we'd give you the behind-the-scenes story from the Jay Leno appearance. Yeah, uh, I was interested in that. From Ron Paul. And I've got that now, and we will do that. Of course, take your calls about whatever you want. But Ron Paul, in case you don't know, Mark, who is the guy? Well, he's a uh, presidential candidate. He's a veteran. Um, he was in the Air Force. He is a uh, force. He's a me- member of the ten-term member of the United States uh, Congress, mm-hmm. House of Representatives. He um, is for smaller government. Wants to eliminate the IRS. Wants to get the United States out of the UN. Yeah, but how do we know that's not all talk, Mark? How do we know it's not all just well? You could probably check promise. his voting record. He's oh, been in yeah. ten terms and. He is consistent, unlike the rest of these guys, which, you know, they get out there and they say whatever they say in front of the podiums mm-hmm. and then do whatever the heck they want to do once they're in, and their voting record shows it. Well, um, Ron Paul, he's called Dr. No in the uh, United States Congress for a reason. He says no exactly. to anything that isn't constitutional. Yep. So let's tell you the story. From earlier this week, Ron Paul appeared on the, the uh, Tonight Show with Jay Leno, which, as I mentioned last hour, that has to be a historical appearance for any Liberty advocate ever in the history of the Libertarian Party, no Libertarian candidate I don't think has ever gotten this sort of media attention. I've certainly never heard of it. And he's only going to get more of it as he continues to grow in popularity, as he continues to rake in contributions. What did he pull in? Two and a half million last month, Mark? Yeah, it's just about that. So that's that's nice because in quarter number three, he pulled in five million total, or just over five million. Mm -hmm. And now in the first month of the fourth quarter, he's pulled in half of what he made in the third quarter. So he's already doing better than uh, than his previous Yep, things previous are working. Quarters. So yesterday afternoon, this is written by Lou Rockwell himself, the man behind LouRockwell.com. Apparently he hangs out with Ron Paul. 
Uh, yesterday afternoon, when we pulled up at NBC Studios in Burbank, hundreds of Ron's typically diverse and enthusiastic supporters cheered and cheered. Young and old, black, Asian and white, families and hippies, entrepreneurs and professionals, Republicans, Democrats, independents and anarchists. They had come from all over California and from Nevada, Washington and Oregon, too. They'd been there since 5 a.m. to ensure they had tickets to the to the Tonight Show. I wondered... How much would, say, the Giuliani campaign have had to pay people to do that? Right. These self-organizing volunteers hadn't even had to be asked. When it was time to go, or then it was time to go, as we pulled in the VIP parking lot, a big African-American security guard trotted up to the car, pointed and shouted, Rod Paul, I love you! (laughs) An NBC page took us to the parking space near Jay Leno's Star Trek-looking motorcycle, Staffers took us into the green room. Then Jay, in blue jeans and a jean shirt, came in to go over what he planned to ask with Ron and shoot funny lines back and forth. Jay, David Berg, the segment producer, and everyone else were friendly and respectful to Ron. And there was little of the high tension that is supposed to be the case at a certain other late-night show where the host is famously nasty to the staff. I'm not sure who he's referencing. Maybe, I don't, maybe Letterman? Maybe. I don't, I don't know anything. I've never heard the I don't even know who the late night show hosts are, so I don't have TV. Letterman and Leno are the two big names. Right. That's, who I, that's why I would guess Letterman. Anyway, Tom Cruise stopped in twice to talk to Ron, who he thanked for long opposing federal mental health screening of school children, federal drugging of school children, and the state as big shrink. Hmm. The other main guest, libertarian Johnny Rotten of the Sex Pistols, hailed, <laughs> hailed Ron as President Paul. Wow. Then we left for the E! Network in an interview on G4, but as we stopped out front to pick up Bert Blummert, who had sat in the front row of the audience during the warm-up, which Leno does himself, very unusually, he chose Bert to come up on stage and dance with some beautiful girls. June told me he was great, and I don't doubt it. Bert is another one of the bloggers and, and authors at LouRockwell.com. Okay. As we stopped, supporters thronged Ron's van, but had a chance, uh, but ha- but to have a chance of keeping our next appointment, we had to go. Then a mother asked me if Ron could shake her disabled eight-year-old son's hand. Ron hopped out and bent down to talk to the little blonde boy in a walker for a few moments, mm. then signed his T-shirt, as he had so many others. Well, he was an OBGYN for a long time. You know, he's probably got a real soft spot for kids. In the van, Ron said he'd ask the boy if, there, if he was there because his mother had brought him. No, said the kid. He had learned about, uh, learned about Ron on YouTube and had brought his mother eight years Old. Incredible. Incredible. Then we went to a crowded fundraiser at a great house in the Hollywood Hills hosted by a well-known investment advisor. There, the Ron Paul demographics seemed to be successful guys in their 30s. Uh, and they cheered the Leno show while we watched it on a huge screen and every word out of Ron Paul's mouth when he gave a short talk later. Then it was back to the hotel for Ron to catch a 6 a.m. flight. How does he do it? We were all dead and he was raring to go. Wow. No question, The Tonight Show was the best media appearance ever for Ron Paul. 11 million people got to see this relaxed and funny champion of freedom, prosperity, and peace allowed to talk without interruption. How many were persuaded, or at least fascinated, and decided to learn more? A huge number. Indeed, I am convinced this show will be seen as a historic moment in the history of libertarianism. Good for Leno, who disagrees on the war and the income tax and much else, but he was a great host. And then they link to the video. Has Austrian economics ever been praised on The Tonight Show? <laughs> Go Ron Paul. I can't imagine it ever has. It just, it's just an amazing time that we live in right now. The, the ideas of liberty are on the move for the first significant time in their history. And, 
you well, were, I, I think that the ideas of liberty had some legs um, back, you know, during the sort of enlightened time of uh, the revolution. Th- things were different back yeah, then. Maybe. People were people were thinking, and they were thinking about uh, the ideas of liberty, and it obviously. Uh, Samuel but, Adams managed to get a revolution going with the got, concepts. It's got legs more so now than it did then. We have the internet. Uh, you know, back has, then, the ideas had to travel by mouth. Yeah, but people, I don't know. There was um, liberty and independence um, from England kind of got meshed together, and I don't know when, who, and what. I understand there wasn't as much uh, like distraction. You didn't have TV to watch or mm. anything like that, so the populace probably would have been a little bit more interested in that sort of thing. Uh, but then again, they were also busy trying to keep food in their mouths and uh, living in the ag- agrarian society. Mm. So uh, there were some distractions, just different distractions. Anyway, nonetheless, there's nothing that can compare to what's happening today. The uh, the amount of libertarian media is unprecedented. Penn and Teller, BS, their TV show, John Stossel on 2020. There's a libertarian. Now, Hugh Downs, the, the old 2020 host, was also a libertarian. Mm-hmm. But he really didn't do any overtly liberty-related news pieces like John Stossel does. Now we've got one of the, the, the top libertarian newsmen in one of the top news anchor positions in the country. We've got other things going on as well. Um, Drew Carey is now branching out into doing liberty-oriented television programming. Free Talk Live, other liberty-oriented radio shows and podcasts are springing up. I mean, this is just on the media side of things, not to mention some of the more locally-oriented programs like we have up here in New Hampshire, uh, like Free Minds TV, which you can see at freekeen.com, your show, Mark, the Keen Weekly News, the Keen Keen Free Press. I mean... This is an unprecedented time, and now is the time for you to get involved. If you have been just sitting back watching all this happening, maybe being a little pessimistic about the future of freedom in America, why? Why not get off your couch and get out there and go to a Ron Paul meetup group? That would probably be the easiest way to plug into what's going on, because there are so many of them. There are over a thousand of them, I believe. Mm-hmm. The, these meetup groups where you go to ronpaul2008.com and you can link into the meetup groups from there find whatever the nearest meetup group is to your area and if there are a thousand of them there's probably one somewhere near you and then go and meet some of these other activists and see what they've got going on and see if you get excited by what they're doing and see if you you know maybe want to take a few steps for yourself Yeah, you know every, if everybody does a little uh, Ron Paul's going to be the next president of the United States of America and there's enough time for you to learn about liberty if you're new to these concepts, if you're just tuning into Free Talk Live for the first time tonight and you've just been stunned by the fact that we haven't been talking about Hillary and Giuliani and all the other crap the other talk shows talk about and just been maybe um, awakened a little bit. There's a lot to learn, but you've got enough time. Go to links.freetalklive.com and there's a great little list of suggested books and things like that you can dig into. Of course, there's plenty of websites out there about liberty and freedom. Free your mind. And then go out there and help other people free theirs. And it's going to be a, a process that I think is going to be very popular. As Ron Paul's pointing out, he's been surprised at how popular his message has been. Yeah. And we've only scratched the surface. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. This is Free 
Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where the features are totally free. Live streams are available, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version as well. Both are free for you at freetalklive.com. Are you prepared for the day that the dollar drops to zero? D2Z.org proposes that day is near. Go to D2Z.org and learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. That's D2Z.org. 800-259-9231 to the phones and to the fun. Let's go, ladies, first to Amy in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hey, Amy. Hi. I just, uh, you know, you were mentioning about the Ron Paul Meetup group, and I, since uh, your show is being played on KGEZ here in Kalispell, I wanted to mention that we have a great meetup group that meets on Saturdays here for Ron Paul. We have a we have about 65 or 70 people involved in it. Well, now stop and, for one um, moment. Can you stop for just just one moment? Because Kalispell is this little city similar in size to where we live, Mark. They've got about 25,000 people, as I understand it, that okay. live in the city of Kalispell. And where we come from, we used to live in Sarasota, Florida, which is a metro of uh, the city itself has around 75,000, but the metro has, you know, 300,000. 300, and... Uh, Back when we used to go to Libertarian Party meetings, and Mark, you only went to a handful, but the ones that we went to, the average meeting were maybe six guys sitting around. Sounds right. You know, trying to figure out what to do. The idea that you could have 65 people meeting in little Kalispell, Montana, it's for incredible. this one candidate is just well, we it's really incredible. We had 30 people show up for a rally on. Um, what day was that? I think on Tuesday they had a rally downtown. I wasn't able to make it because, mm-hmm. like most people, I was working during the middle of the day. Sure. But we had 30 people actually show up downtown and do a rally at 11 at noon um, in the park down here on Tuesday. Was there not one at the radio station uh, today or this morning or something like that as well? Um, possibly. I don't know, just, just what I, I'd I heard. But anyway, I just wanted to let people listening know that we meet at 3 o'clock at the library and the best thing Saturdays to do is, and, we're on Nationwide uh, right now, so the best thing to do is to just go to ronpaul2008.com and hook up through the meetup groups there. There's, they're, they're all over the country. And, and Amy, what are, the, what are people saying to you when you talk to them about Ron Paul? What are they saying to you back? Well, a lot of people, you know, they haven't heard about him, but the ones that have, they just, I mean, and, and we're such a variety, we're such a variety of people, everything from little blue-haired old ladies to, mm-hmm. you know, Vietnam vets and mm-hmm. young guys and, uh, you know, that are in their early early 20s and people with kids and, I mean, just such a variety of people. It's just, it's really uplifting and it's just, it's just great to see the variety of people that we've got that are supporting Ron Paul. And let me tell you, in Little Kalispell, Montana, you don't see stickers for any other candidate, but you see tons ah. of stickers all over for Ron Paul on the back awesome. of the vehicles. It's the same way up here in New Hampshire. Uh, there must be, it must be, uh, I don't want to exaggerate, five to one on road signs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the little the little campaign signs for Ron Paul versus every other candidate. And that's only in the city areas. When you're driving down the long stretch of road to go from one point to another, all you ever see are Ron Paul along the side of the yep. road. Yep. So it's just and amazing. we have a, quite a few businesses here in downtown Kalispell that have uh, literature for Ron Paul openly in their stores. Um, you know, so it's it's really great. It's, that is It's exciting. really an awesome thing. How did you find out about him, Amy? You know, I've known about Ron Paul for about five or six years mm-hmm. because a friend of mine who works in a, a 
basically he he is at work as part of a liberty amendment group in California told me about him years ago hmm. and said Ron Paul is one of the only true patriots left in the United States Congress and yep. so I've kind of followed along seeing what he was doing for many years and then when he you know these last couple of years when he really started um people still really started talking about him you know I've, I I was right on board right from the get go Great. We're glad you're out there uh, doing all that hard work, and keep it up. Thank you for the call, Amy. We really appreciate it. 800-259-9231. And once again, it deserves to be mentioned that those 65 people she was talking about mm-hmm. that attend, are t- attending these meetup group meetings. It's incredible number. No one's paying them to be there. No, uh, you know, and that's uh, up here in um, New Hampshire, which is, of course, a very important campaign state. Um, they're paying all kinds of people to stand out in the street and hand out literature. For Ron, the, the campaigns themselves are the other campaigns. the other campaigns are paying uh you know people to stand out in the street and hand out literature for their particular candidate ron paul isn't paying anyone and people are doing it right and they're starting to just do some really interesting things did you see the uh the pictures from the democrat debate a few days ago uh i don't think so there was an msnbc maybe it was sunday i'm not sure when the debate was but it was a few days ago and uh after the debate from an insider, the Ron Paul, uh, the whatever the local Ron Paul meetup group posted online, they said that they dominated the crowd in the Democratic debate. And Ron afterwards, Paul dominated the crowd? Yes. Afterwards, they had the little post-debate wrap-up with Chris Matthews from MSNBC. Hmm. In the background, people with huge Ron Paul revolution banners. Just, hmm. it, it was very obvious. They were right up there. I mean... Right there in front of where the, the barrier was for the crowd. Ron Paul people holding up banners at the Democrat debate. I would not have expected that. I mean, that they, these people keep doing the unexpected. The Ron Paul people, they're and, self-organizing. In mass. Right. They're self-organizing, and they don't ask anybody permission to do what they're doing. Whereas there was a video from, I don't know, college campus or something like that, where there was a, a Hillary rally mm-hmm. at this college campus. And, of course, the Ron Paul supporters showed up with a banner and started walking around with this big banner up on two poles. And there was this Hillary, uh, the Hillary supporters had a banner in a similar fashion, mm-hmm. also up on two poles. And it was funny watching the Hillary people follow the Ron Paul banner around and try to position themselves in front of it to block <laughs> people from seeing it. So there was several minutes of them following the Ron Paul people around. <laughs> and then they ended up actually t- stopping and talking with one of these Hillary supporters. Uh-huh. And they asked him questions, and he said things like, and I'm paraphrasing, he said things like, well, I just started today, I don't know who's in charge, I'm just doing what they told me to do. I just signed up, and they told me what to go and do. Yeah. This is the difference between the Ron Paul supporters and everybody else. Everybody else is taking orders from whoever's in charge of the campaign. They've got everything, all the decisions are being made at the top and then trickling down through the the campaign pyramid, the command and control structure. Right. They aren't thinking for themselves. They're just doing what they're being instructed to do. If they aren't given instructions, they'll sort of sit around and wait for them to come. It's a job. Right. That's all. I mean, you know, what what would they do? They're not going to do anything. It's It's work. So... And the difference is the Ron Paul people, they don't have that. There's no one in the campaign who's telling them what to do. They're going out and doing what they think is right, whether it's starting their own websites, whether it's starting a meetup group, going out doing outreach, handing out uh, you know, Ron Paul Liberty cards, or whatever. It's all self-organized. It's decentralized, whereas the other campaigns are centralized. And we talk about this principle on this show a lot, how the more centralized things are, the more inefficient they become – 
whereas when they're decentralized, you can do what you want, and things just happen spontaneously. Mm-hmm. And some things will work, and some things won't. And the people that are doing these things will learn what works and what doesn't work, and they'll adjust themselves without ever going back to you know whoever's in charge and saying, hey, can I do this? Well, you know? centralization um, can work inside of a company. I mean, I think that there needs to be some, in some cases, uh, leadership inside of a company. To or an extent, like but but even on that point, Mark, uh, the fact is. Ed Koch, I believe is his name, the guy behind Koch Decentralization doesn't work with unmotivated people. Right. Well, there's more to the, the point of companies, and I can talk about that, but more on the way. Your calls as well. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Archives available and they're totally free. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you to access their websites. We give it all away right there. Go and click and download for free at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. As we go to the phones, and ladies first, let's talk to Krishna, listening in Santa Cruz to KSCO. Hello, Krishna. Hi there. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind? I wanted to ask you, if Ron Paul was not against the war, how many followers do you think he'd have? Well, you know, right now the war is... uh it, it, it's getting a lot of bad press, and uh, people have really turned against it. So I think that uh, in a lot of ways, um, you know, that's one of his bigger issues. So I, I, I couldn't tell you how many. Yeah, it's total speculation. But there really aren't any, very many candidates out there that are against the war, even when it comes to, to Democrats. I mean, um, Hillary Clinton says one minute she's for it, one minute she's against it. She voted we're, for it. We're going to get out of the, we're going to get out of this war, and we're going to leave troops in Iraq. Is right. what she, her, her solution is, even which if, doesn't make any sense at all. Even if the war wasn't an issue, there are some other things that Ron. Paul uh, voted against that are also pretty, I think, pretty important to a lot of Americans, like the Patriot Act. Ron Paul voted against that, whereas the Democrats uh, also voted, and the Republicans voted for it. So there's another yeah, issue for I'll you. tell you what, the crazy right and the loony left, they're holding hands. What does that and mean? This is what's happening, Ron Paul and Kucinich. What are you, um, what are you saying? These people are myopic. They untutored. You know, you, did you say the people, people are myopic? Myopic and yep, untutored. completely myopic. You're talking about the, the people who we support Ron Paul? We live in a small world, and we have to be engaged with the world. How come we all, the rest, of the, how come all the rest of the countries in the world, you know, when you say engaged, I guess you mean put troops over there and kill their uh, um, constituents. But how, when, how come <laughs> the rest of the countries of the world aren't engaged in the same manner that the United States is engaged? Nobody, no, America is the only country in the world, and this is as an immigrant, I'm I'm talking. Mm-hmm. I know the other side of this beautiful worldview you guys have uh, will save the butts of people in trouble. America is the only country. Well, Look what happened in Kosovo, where they had rape camps set up 150 miles from Paris. 
the French didn't lift a little finger. You know, I don't think you really understand and these were the point. Muslim uh, women getting raped by Serbian soldiers. Krishna, I don't think you understand the point. Um, the fact is. Ron Paul doesn't, is not telling you you can't help out in those situations. What he's saying is that as Americans, as far as the government's foreign policy is concerned, uh, he thinks that we should be neutral. We so if you and so, we should be neutral. Look ma'am, at if you want to go Nations and help out Serbia, you should be free to go over there and help them. You should they're be free to contribute money to those causes. Millions of people die in atrocities like Rwanda, like Darfur. We are talking. This Look, is just childishness and nothing else. No, no. Yeah. What's childish, ma'am? Now, what are we doing about Darfur now, you know, Krishna? What are we doing about Darfur today? What are we doing about Darfur? Apparently not enough. We're doing nothing. We're right, doing we're doing nothing. nothing. And nobody else is. You notice right. that? Because you, nobody you, else. Cr- Krishna, so there's always going to be somebody else in charge of the power structure who's going to do something different than what you would like them to do. Because there's people out there that want to go to Darfur and people that don't want to go to Darfur. There's people that want to go to Iraq, they don't want to go to Iraq. There's people that want to go to Kosovo, they don't want to go to Kosovo. And I don't think I, as an American citizen, should be required to pay for a war that I don't agree with. Wouldn't you agree with that? Well, I absolutely agree that if you're against the war, you're against the war. Then I shouldn't have to pay for it, right? But I'm telling you, you people stay in your own little comfortable homes and say, I'm not going to do anything, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. <laughs> this is not the new world going forward, buddy. You know, Krishna, it you try to pro- you try to uh, position yourself as this humanitarian, and I understand your concerns for the people around the world. But what you're essentially saying here is that I'm those not a of humanitarian. Us... I am a humanitarian to an extent. No, let me explain to you why you aren't. Okay, let me let me explain to you why you aren't humanitarian. All right, it's very simple. Now, don't interrupt me because I'm going to make this very clear to you. If I decide that I do not support whatever war effort this country is currently involved in, whether it be Iraq, Iran, or Darfur, or whatever, and I choose to not fund that war, the government is going to probably eventually come after me and throw me in a jail cell because I decided to not send them my money. Now, how is that humanitarian, exactly? Hmm? Krishna? Did you hang up, or are you thinking? Under a, a, a dictator, you haven't lived in a corrupt government. This comes from the. Did you hear my question? Or were you style, yammering nothing on? Nothing else. Did you hear my I'm question? Take you to jail, throw you in jail because you disagree. Right. Come That's on, exactly what will happen here, here in the United in States, Iran. Krishna. Krishna, you will go to jail if you disagree and you act on your moral principles under your disagreement. And if, you in favor of that? If I decide that I don't like this war and I don't want to pay for it, so therefore I'm going to withhold my income tax from this government, I'm going to go to jail. How is hey, that different? I agree with different? you completely about taxes, but there are a certain amount of taxes that have to be paid to maintain our borders and our roads, not probably. 50, yes, but, but not 50% else. of our wages. We're talking about war. We're now, talking about foreign that, conflict. And it gets into where we're not going to protect ourselves or we're not going to take care of dictators and fascists around this world. But we are not taking care of there. dictators and fascists. We're supporting I mean, many we're of them. We're supporting the ones in Saudi Arabia. That guy's a well, king. politics makes strange bedfellows. Well, right. politics he's sucks. He's a dictator and a fascist. Because and he's in a no, you grow up. You grow up, Krishna, and stop using force on people. Thanks for the call. 
800-259-9231. Stop it, because what you're doing is you're telling people, you either support my cause or we're going to throw you in a jail cell, and if you don't want to go to jail, then we're going to kill you. That's what the government does. Now, look, I have no problem the idea of helping people around the world, and, and she's trying to position herself as the one who cares, whereas we don't care because we're heartless libertarians. That's not true. If we were to actually allow people to keep the money that they earned, then they'd be able to decide where to send it. So if indeed you are concerned with what's going on in Darfur, or if indeed you're concerned with what's happening in fill-in-the-blank country with whatever despotic dictator, right. you Do- would be free to send money to whichever side you wanted to support, or even get yourself on a plane and go over there and join their military to help them out. Keep That's your what tax freedom's money about. And keep your tax money and do what you want with it. Right. Because when government people take your money, they spend it on things you might not necessarily want. Maybe they'll spend it on something you want once, but then the government people will change, or they'll do something different, and there'll be a different administration there. And then they'll get your money, and they'll spend it on things you disagree with. Maybe they'll support a side in a conflict that you don't agree with. I mean, in the Middle East, there are people in this country that take one side and people that take the other side, and... The ones that are that are paying uh, everybody that's paying their taxes are all forced to to take one side that they may not agree with. That's right. wrong. That's what's childish. Taking people taking people's money by force and by threat. That's childish. That's playground bully behavior. Being and you should gener- be ashamed of yourself. Being generous with other people's money. Being humanitarian with other people's yeah. money. It's not humanitarian if you force me to do it. I'm just your slave in your um, humanitarian effort. Right. And that's the means, not fair. The, the, the ends do not justify the means. Government is force. It uses force on people to get its way. And that's wrong. How anybody could think otherwise, you just either, either have not thought about it or you're a psychopath. <laughs> it's one or the other. And that's what we're trying to do here is help people think about these things. Maybe for the first time in their life. You know, most of these concepts are brand new to people. And, you know, there are important projects out there that need to be handled. I absolutely would agree. But the thing is, when you use force, you never know what it is that you're going to do, um, you know, to screw up the situation. I mean, we were involved in World War One and World War Two, which sort of set up this whole Serbian-Kosovo situation from the get-go. Mm-hmm. If we would let people uh, figure out what it is that they're going to do for themselves, direct their own lives, you can't give somebody freedom. They have to earn it. Also, political neutrality is not isolationism. She dropped that term in there, and we didn't get to really rebut Absolutely it. Absolutely not. It is, it is just simply non-interventionism. Isolationism means shutting off your country from even talking or trading with the rest of the world, and that's not what we want, and that's not what Ron Paul wants. He wants trade with everybody. He wants friendships with everybody, and then allowing you to be free to decide for yourself how to spend your money. What's wrong with that? 800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind even in these remaining moments. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com where the features are free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then amp up. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. 
and you'll find out that AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is that since we give you the website for free, that you'll send us a few bucks a month and help us get on more radio stations. Help us spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. Uh, the fact is hundreds of our listeners have agreed that it's a good idea, and they've signed up, so we'd like you to join their ranks. And you'll get some perks, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, and forum. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Now, um, Krishna called in uh, before the break, and, um, you know, there's the, the whole idea of using the military for humanitarian stuff. I want to go through that a little bit. Okay. Um, the, there, Do there's it quickly, because calls are waiting. There's a bit of a fallacy here. Um, history is written by winners, and... The whole idea that there's rape camps the Serbs had, maybe so. Who's to say that the uh, uh, Bosnian Herzegovinians didn't have rape camps? Who knows what um, these these things are like? There's always, you know, when it comes to war, you have to paint the other guy as this evil, awful, terrible person. Mm-hmm. Usually what the case is in, with wars is you've got atrocities on both sides. And to to think that you can take sides, that you know what the right side is and right. all that other stuff, you just don't know the whole scenario. Were the soldiers in Abu Ghraib being humanitarians? They certainly weren't. Nope. And those were the good guys, right? Right. I mean, you can find, you'll be able to find stuff on both sides. I'm not saying Hitler was a good guy, but I am saying that there were atrocities on our side, too. Google it. Allied atrocities, World War II. Uh, dropping the bombs? <laughs> you know, there's, there's, th- these things are, you know, this is just the reality of it. Yes, there's good guys. Yes, there's, you know, bad guys. You can look at that, but you can't just, it's not all black and white. There's a little bit of gray. And to think that the United States should be involved in every other country's business, that's ludicrous. All that means Do is we we're want them enemies. in our business? Right. All there's things going wrong in this country. Do we want somebody with guns from another country coming in here and meddling in our um, problems? No. Think about I'll how you take feel. freedom. I'll yep. live free or die. Get out of my business, you other country. And that's how people feel about the United States. And yep. that's why they flew airplanes into our buildings on 9-11. You've got it. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Frank and Salinas listening on KSCO. Frank, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Hi, fellas. Can you hear me all right? Yes, yes sir. sir. What's up? Okay. Uh, I have a, a statement in question, but um, relative to what Krishna was saying, mm-hmm. uh, my, I have a little summary about uh, national humanitarianism, and it goes like this. Compulsory charity isn't. <laughs> but yep. What exactly. I was going to say was that um, I understand that Ron Paul's position on Iraq is to immediately leave. Mm-hmm. Yes, first thing, smoke it out. All right. So can I set up my question? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, do okay. your thing, man. I believe that as soon as we get out of the out of Iraq, uh, hostile people, organizations, and nations will begin to use oil as a weapon against us. So if, if we immediately leave, I presume that uh, Ron Paul will have some backup plan, like uh, nuclear or something, that we will use to power this nation. But there will be a lag time. So do you have any idea what he proposes to do? Uh, well, first of all, oil comes from all different – oil comes I from places – on the air, please? 
Sure, yeah. Oil uh, comes from places ar- around the world, not just the Middle East. The bulk of it does come from the Middle East, but it's not just Not that. even the bulk, but um, And Ron Paul supports the marketplace. Ron Paul supports getting the government out of uh, business and regulation and, uh, and and ruining our lives and our freedoms. So in, the, in that event, now again, you're right, he won't be able to change the situation in America overnight, but theoretically, Ron Paul would support the building of new refineries. They're, they're currently prohibited by law. Uh, Ron Paul would support the building of new power factories, nuclear power and that sort of thing. Also prohibited by current law. So these things, uh, these markets would be opened up during a Ron Paul administration. And, and he wouldn't allow the government to get into a place like, you know, this this whole ethanol thing that w- where we're, you know, the government's requiring, uh, you know, a certain amount of ethanol to be in all the gasoline. I think the market should be entirely uh, able to, to supply what it needs. Why should ethanol get a financial boost from the government when solar doesn't? Is that fair? And plus, uh, the final point on this is that, you know, if Ron Paul is elected and he's successful in getting rid of the IRS and slashing back the size of government, there's going to be more money in your pocket. And the reason why gas prices are going up today is because of the Middle East meddling, is because of the warmongering and the the constant inflation, the printing of of, uh, of money, inflating the money supply. These are why – it's governmental reasons why uh, the, the price of gas is going up. You know, without all this meddling, we'd – have more competition without all the rules and regs. We'd have more refineries. We'd have more uh, more availability of these products and services. And OPEC has not been able to show itself consistent over time in able in in the ability to regulate oil prices. It's not like the Middle East is one place. It's a bunch of different countries mm-hmm. with a bunch of different people inside those countries with the political um, aspirations. You know, they're gonna yes, they're gonna use the oil as uh, you know part of their economy as a weapon against whomever. It might be the United States. It might be their own people. Whatever. But but they need to sell that oil in order to get money. Thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. And don't let them scare you, because that's what the position these uh, politician types are taking, whether they be the Democrats or the Republicans. They're saying, whoa, we can't pull out right away. We need to, to be, just pare it down a little bit and pare it down a little bit more, and then 50 years later we'll be ready to pull out. Oh, wait, we're still in Korea, aren't we? Uh, we're still so, in Japan. Right. So still in Germany. This is government. This is a government program. Don't ever let them fool you. The military is a government bureaucracy. Just because they're wearing camo and toting around machine guns does not make them any less bureaucratic than, say, the post office. Okay? And like any government program, when they get their mitts into something, they want to keep it going. They want to keep it going as long as they possibly can, because the longer it goes for, the more budgets they get, the more money of yours they get to spend. Right. You know, it's, it never it's, ends. You know, it, at the turn of the century, they were getting 5% of our income. Now they're getting 50%. I mean, when's it going to stop? Let's continue with the phone calls. Talk to Robin in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Robin. Just drop. Robin is gone. The phones are open for you, 800 Two five nine ninety two thirty. We're gonna have to be lickety split though. We got about three minutes left in the show. Well, there's always enough time for another call. Um, so I, you know, the idea that um, we, that politicians, that the the, the zeitgeist, the moment in the, um, of the day, the spirit idea, of the times, the spirit of the times, that we know what the best thing is for another country is simply ludicrous. Hubris. It, it it really is. I mean, like, we thought it was a good idea to get involved in World War One. But well, I wasn't around, so it wasn't me. Okay. God, for God's sakes, you and your we I've got to break. I've got to break myself of that. I All still right. use it. The United States decided that it was a good idea to get involved in World War One. Awful idea. 
that went against the advice of the founding fathers. Now, let me. Yeah, it did. It absolutely. The United States should not have been involved. We shouldn't have been uh, trying to build an empire. Um, we should have been in the Philippines, in any of those places. But by doing so. You know, a war that was pretty evenly balanced, but likely Germany was going to lose. Would you know, the 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 scales just got thrown off the um, thrown off, and the United States came in and we beat Germany soundly. What happened? Well, they put the Treaty of Versailles in place. Uh, Germany was uh, had all these restrictions put on it, and the scenario was set up so that Hitler could come to power. Mm-hmm. One could make a good argument. I had just have that the United States is responsible for all those Jews dying in Europe. Well, not directly responsible, but uh, theoretically. The the bullet's responsible for killing somebody? I'm not responsible because I pulled the trigger? I I get your point, and you're right. If it weren't for the United States' involvement in World War War I, World War II would likely have never happened, which, of course, would have meant the Cold War would probably never have happened. And and it should be interesting to see what the United States' involvement in the Serbian-Bosnia-Herzegovinian conflict, what kind of evil that brings. Joe is on the line in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Joe, hello. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, I just want to make a quick retort to Krishna um, yeah. with the with the rate that we that people seem to die when we go into these humanitarian efforts. It doesn't <laughs> seem very humanitarian at all, does it? Yeah, well, it doesn't matter how many people die. Just the banner that you wave when you do it. Right. As long as you get rid of that evil dictator, it doesn't matter if you've slaughtered a hundred thousand innocent civilians. What? What? We're, just, exactly. we're going in to save people. Joe, all right, that's it. Thanks a lot. Thank guys. you, sir. We appreciate hearing from you. It's just. Feel good crap. Yeah. I mean, how is a military going to save people? Militaries kill people they and break things, things up. Yeah. That's what their job is. That's what they're trained to do. I don't know. You know, it's just which people are you going to kill and which ones are you going to blow up? Well, you have to label somebody as evil. And it seems, it's so funny. If you'll go back and... Uh, the look, evil Muslims. The evil immigrants. Look at the evil Japanese. If you go back and look at um, war posters from the early 40s, late 30s... Dirty Japs. You'll see these 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 monsters. They've turned them little yellow monsters mm-hmm. on these posters. And now, they're our friends. We're you know, big trading partners. Mm-hmm. These aren't evil people. Yes, it's trade that helps things get better. It's trade that yes. improves relations. It's freedom that improves relations. Good, and, and money, you know, that, that makes everybody a little happier. And if you see atrocity going on in the world, please get behind an organization that will help end that atrocity. But don't force people to pay for it because then you're just perpetuating atrocity and perpetuating violence. That's not right. It's Benny in here with you. And Mark. We'll be back tomorrow night for the live Saturday show. Join us then and online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 